It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. I'm Stacy Tusankos. And I'm Stacy Farquharson. And today is November the 11th. Happy Friday! Yay! This is the 45th episode of the second season of the Stacy and Stacy podcast, where we focus each morning at 8 o'clock on some scripture and tradition and apply it to real life. And today we are, oh, first I wanted to say thank you guys for being so uh, patient with us. We had our two yeah. reruns yesterday and the day before, but today we are recording together. Uh, live here together because a lot of times I record at my house and Stacy records at her house. In our today, PJs. Yes. But today, well, I'm still in my PJs. We're but. in our PJs, but we're together. We are. And we are in. Say it right. Bangor, Maine. Right. We learned that yesterday. It's because, not Bangor. Yes. I've been saying Bangor, but it's Bangor, Maine. Bangor, Maine. And it is beautiful here. One day we're going to learn all the words yes. to pronounce right. <laughs> It is beautiful here. We're looking out over a lake and pine trees, and we're up here for our Advent by Candlelight women's dinner that is tomorrow night. And so we're we're together recording. We're actually looking at each other while we're recording. Yes, <laughs> this is this is great. <laughs> uh, okay, so Stacy is going to be talking about um, in the Catechism. Stacy, what are we? The senses today? of Scripture. Sections 115 through 119. And the senses of scripture, it's really, I'm talking about what Stacy does, interpreting scripture. And we're going to cover what the catechism says about how to properly interpret scripture as a Catholic. I think this is so important for people to know about because sometimes Catholics are accused of not reading the Bible. And it's my perception, or at least my experience in my own life, that I'm kind of afraid as a Catholic to read the Bible because I'm afraid I'll misinterpret it. Mm -hmm. And so I just wait for Mass and let the priest do the homily. But as you hear Stacey do every day, she talks about what jumps out to her (laughs) and, and what speaks to her. And that is perfectly okay, as long as you're not taking that and trying to reinterpret the Scripture to mean something that it never meant. But if you're in question, all you have to do is go to the USCC. That's where I go. I'm sure there are other places is go to the USCCB Bible, and there's all kinds of footnotes right. about the meaning of things. And for the most part, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. But um, And the catechism. And the catechism, yeah. So uh, it's really good to talk about how do you interpret Scripture as a Catholic. Don't be afraid to read the Bible and let it speak to you, God yeah. speaking to you. Yes. So well, I'll be talking about that in the catechism today, but it's what Stacy does every day when we meet. You also pray, and I'm always so glad that you're going to— Pray in the morning. Yes, yeah, so we're going to do that right now. I just wanted to let everyone know that um, I found a prayer, um, oh. Mother Teresa, uh, to our Blessed Mother. And so as part of our prayer time today, I want to include that. So so let's just get started. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Father God, we just thank you so much for this day. And we ask you, Lord, that you would give us fresh eyes to see you, ears to hear you. Holy Spirit, come come now and come as you wish. 
Mary, Mother of Jesus, give us your heart so beautiful, so pure, so immaculate, so full of love and humility that we may be able to receive Jesus in the bread of life, love him as you loved him, and serve him as you served him. Oh, Lord, we love you. Mother Mary, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Okay, grab your tea. Grab your coffee. coffee. We have coffee. Yes. And your Bible. And be sure to spend some time with the Lord today. So today we're going to be reading the responsorial psalm. And um, it is in Psalm 119. The response is, blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. I'm not going to repeat that every time, but that is the response. Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. Yes. So blessed are they whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who observe his decrees, who seek him with all their heart. With all my heart, I seek you. Let me not stray from your commands. Within my heart, I treasure your promise that I may not sin against you. Be good to your servant that I may live and keep your words. Open my eyes that I may consider the wonders of your law. Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. Y'all, that's a prayer. I mean, as I'm reading that, I'm just like, my heart is praying that to the Lord. Blessed are, Lord, with all my heart, I seek you. Let me not stray from your commands. Within my heart, I treasure your promise that I may not sin against you. And I just love that, that the Psalms, especially if you, you know, I think I've said this before, that if you really don't know how to pray, or if you're struggling with your prayer life, you can just turn to the Psalms and it is full Mm. of beautiful prayers. You can just pray your sweet little heart out. (laughs) Okay, so Psalm 119. This is the longest Psalm. It has 176 verses. So when I said I was going to read it, uh, if you knew that, I'm sure you kind of panicked for a minute, but we could actually spend a whole month on going over Psalm 119. When I was little and my grandmother told me, read a chapter of the Bible every oh. night. I actually remember that one because I would read that whole thing Did on you? that day. And I was oh, really happy when I got to that really short chapter later. Yeah. <laughs> but I would read one chapter a night. Yeah. That one. And was... I remember that one because like, oh man, <laughs> this, is a, this is a doozy. <laughs> I don't remember what it says. I just remember that. Uh, okay. So We're just going to look at a couple of things uh, in the response world. But first, I wanted to look at the response itself. Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. You know, Jesus says this very thing in Luke 11, 28. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. We've been talking about that for weeks now, about how we, if we love the Lord, we'll keep his commandments. Mm -hmm. But in James 1, so as I was reading through this, my mind was thinking about what James says. And he says, be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and on going away, they immediately forget what they they look like. Mm -hmm. So... Let's just say that you are, or I am, I'll, I'll, I'll be me. I'll say, look, let's just say that I'm reading the Bible and I feel convicted of gossiping. And so I think, oh, you know what? 
I did. I gossiped earlier this week and I need to not do that anymore. And then later on that day, someone gives me a call and what do I do? I start gossiping. Because you tell yourself you need to, you need to tell that person. That, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you this. I got to tell you this. And I will tell you, a lot of people will fall into the trap of, I'm just going to tell you this because we need to pray for them. Mm-hmm. That's not a legitimate excuse no. to gossip, just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I I walked away from the, the mirror of the word. I, when I was in the word, I saw, I was convicted that I, I, need to, I need to not gossip. But then when I walked away from the mirror of the word and I'm out in the world and I get sucked up into a conversation and I start doing that again. So... One day, I felt like the Lord start, told me that I needed to start going to adoration on Fridays. And so I thought I would go early Friday morning. Well, Friday morning, I got up. I start my normal routine. <laughs> I get my coffee. Um, we did the podcast. Yeah. I fed nutmeg. I scooped poop, you know, like I do every morning. <laughs> and then about noon, I headed to pick up my daughter and thought, oh, I didn't go to adoration. So I tried again the next week. And guess what? I did the same thing. I didn't remember. So now I have set uh, an alarm on my phone because when we get back, I am determined to start going to adoration. <laughs> but it's like I forgot. I, you know, sometimes when when we um, when we feel like the Lord's telling us to do something, if we don't take it seriously, it'll go through one ear and out the other. Or when we walk away from the mirror of the word, we we forget. Mm-hmm. So. Do you know what God says about the doers? <laughs> it, he says, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. So doers who do the do get blessed. <laughs> it says that in the Bible. Doers who do the do get blessed. That should be a bumper sticker. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to tell on myself here. I'm just going to tell since it's Friday and we're going to keep it kind of light. I'm going to tell a story about when my boys were little and they went to, uh, I had them in a, a preschool and uh, it was parent teacher day, parent teacher conference day. So I got dressed and got ready and went up there. <laughs> I'm, the I, I'm, yeah, I'm going up there to do my, do my parent teacher conference. I'm standing in line with a couple other mothers waiting my turn to talk to my first son's teacher. And all the mothers are looking at me like, Something was wrong with me. I kept thinking, why are they staring at me? I looked down to make sure my shirt you was got, right side out. <laughs> yeah, because literally I had gone to that school before and I had one time I had two different shoes on. One time I had my shirt backwards and inside out. I That's mean, a I was a mom thing. To I was do a hot mess <laughs> when they were little. But so anyway, so this morning they're looking at me and I am looking down at myself to make sure everything, my, my shirt's buttoned the right way. And so finally, it's my turn and I go in to talk to the teacher and she starts out by asking me, are you okay?" And throughout the entire conference, instead of talking about my son, she's so focused on, are you okay? Are you getting enough sleep? Is there anything that you want to talk about? And I'm thinking, what is going on? So then I leave there. I go down the hall to talk to my, my next teacher, parent teacher conference. And the same thing happens. People are staring at me when I walk down the hallway. I mean, the teacher's asking me if I'm okay. So the first thing I do when I get back in the car is I look in the rear view mirror. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Oh, no. 
So I had, back in the day, we had this makeup called pan stick. And you know how now they contour everything. You put the yeah. dark under the, the uh-huh. cheekbones. And I had drawn a, a line on my forehead, my nose, on my cheekbones. <laughs> on my, I didn't blend it in. I looked like somebody had literally drawn on my face because I had. And I, and you know what? <laughs> and I was walking through. <laughs> if you see those videos on, on uh, YouTube or Facebook where they teach you how to contour your makeup. You just didn't do the last That's part. what I look like. I look like I had all this stuff drawn on my face, but nothing was blended. They're like, Stacey, can play it in the makeup again. <laughs> So, so I had actually walked away from the mirror and forgot what I looked like. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Uh, Anyway, uh, right quick though, one last thing. It also tells us in the Bible that any, everyone who hears these words of mine, this is Jesus talking. Anyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. But anyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. So both men heard the words, the same thing. They heard the same thing. And both men got hit by the same storm. But the doer, the doer who did the do was blessed. So let's all be doers of the word. I'm thinking about like the three little pigs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And do the do. And that's and do what we do. do every day as Catholics. We go out and we do our best to do what God's asking us to do. And knowing that we might mess up sometimes and we just get up and we try again. Yes. The next day I blended my makeup in. Yeah. Make sure you blend it. <laughs> See, I don't even do contouring because I, I am so bad at it. I think it would look like that even after I tried to blend it. There's a book I was thinking about when you were talking. It's It really talked about convicting you. Um, I didn't want to read the book, but I did read it last, I think during Lent, I read it. Um, and it's called Sins of the Tongue. Mm. Oh. And a, a priest wrote it, and it's kind of an older book. A priest wrote it, and he's talking about what goes through your head when you get ready to gossip. Like you're telling yourself the other person needs to hear what you're about mm-hmm. to say. But he gives you good advice on what to say if someone starts gossiping to you. Because sometimes I don't know what to say. And I, and, I, and I took the instruction in there to stop the person and say, is what you're about to tell me going to damage the reputation of the other person in my mind? Oh, and if somebody says yes, then you say, okay, but do I need to know this? Is there something? Because sometimes like, you know, if, if somebody calls you and you need to know something about your kids, they need to tell you, okay, if you need to know, then go ahead. But, that usually will stop people. Is this going to damage the reputation of so-and-so in my mind if you tell me this thing you're about to tell me? That's good. If the other person says yes, then you can like, just, I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And that, like, if somebody did that to me, I would be, I would want to go to confession. I'd be like, that you were right. Mm-hmm. I was about to gossip. And mm-hmm. you stopped me. I would actually appreciate that if yeah. someone did that. Um, and then if, if you do need to know it, go ahead and talk about it. Because there are times when you need to talk about other people because you need to do something. Um, and like having a friend where you can sometimes confide or talk about things going on with your kids or your marriage. Like I can talk to you, Stacey, about things going on like that because I know you're on the side of my family and you're not ever going to like peel me apart and help me gossip about my kids or my husband. But I can come to you with issues and figure out how to do better as a mom myself. So that's just a little bit of following the law. Um, gossip is hard for me because sometimes, you know, you, it feels good when you're talking about somebody who hurts you. It feels good to 
tell somebody, did you know what this person did? <laughs> <laughs> and then you go, oh, that, that is so, you're so right. They shouldn't have done that to you. I'm so sorry. It just feels good. Oh, but anyway, we're weak. We're weak. So moving on to our lesson in, oh, in the catechism. <laughs> we're trying to do this on the computer here. Moving on to our lesson in the catechism. The senses of scripture. So before I read this, one thing I've been studying in my philosophy class at Holy Apostles College and Seminary, and this is my first semester back studying philosophy, Stacy studying scripture, and um, we're always having to make time in our week to get our homework done. (laughs) (laughs) But I was doing my homework yesterday, and and it's talking about light. And I'm also getting ready for a talk at Notre Dame on Wednesday, Tuesday, or Wednesday next week, Tuesday, after the Gold Mass, November 15th. And I've been thinking about light. It's so cool. Like, this is one way God speaks to me. Like, He knows I'm studying and preparing for something, and I'll read something. I'm like, that's exactly what I needed to incorporate. Thank you for working (laughs) with me, uh, for helping me, God. And He speaks to me through writings, too. And this was about light. And St. Thomas Aquinas talks about light in two senses. So Aquinas is always making distinctions. And he talks about the natural light of reason and the supernatural light of divine um, divine things. But I'll say grace, divine grace. And, and what he's talking about is like, there's a light we get. Like, I know this. When we look at, I'm looking at trees outside the window right now. I'm looking at a lake up here in Maine. It's just beautiful. The reason I'm seeing that is because, and and I'll have to make this short because I could go on for a long time, electromagnetic radiation. I can see those trees because there are light rays, visible light rays, visible wavelengths of electromagnetic radiation in the visible spectrum coming to my eyes and hitting the rods and cones on the back of my eyeballs. And those rods and cones are being excited, kind of like chlorophyll molecules are in in the leaves and electrons are then being transmitted to my brain, which is telling me I see a picture. So that's light coming to my eyes. But what Aquinas is talking about is light in our minds, which is a spiritual thing. The light of reason, we can figure out a lot of things on our own. Like we can figure out that the sun will come up in the morning because we see it happen. We can we can reason that a square can't have four corners because squares don't have four corners. Um, we can reason things in our lives. But we also need the supernatural light of grace, divine illumination. And when we read the Bible, we can read the Bible and reason and try to understand what it says. But like you always say, Stacy you got to pray when you read the Bible. That's God talking to you. So if you're worried about how to read the Bible, know if you're doing it right. There's all kinds of things you can read in Catholic literature. We go to the USCCB Bible because there's um, references there, and we we know that's a place we can trust. But you also just pray. Be praying about it. Mm -hmm. And if you hear something in your mind that kind of sounds like gossip, like, hey, those other Catholics don't know what they're talking about. You need to interpret the Bible differently. That's probably not from God. (laughs) But... If it's jumping out at you, like Stacy says, and it and it speaks to your heart for what's going on in your life that day, don't be afraid to read the Bible that way. So anyway, with that said, here's what the Catechism says. And I'm on sections 115. This is page 35. We put a link um, to the scripture and the Catechism, the tradition that you can read, both from the USCCB. And we're in this part um, where we're still talking about how God comes to meet man in chapter two. 
and we're talking about how um, the Holy Spirit interpreter of scripture, scripture, how we can work with the Holy Spirit and read scripture with the church. So the senses of scripture, what does that mean? It's it's ancient. There's this an ancient meaning here, not in the way that we use senses today, but in the different distinctions of the way we read scripture, the different ways we read scripture. According to an ancient tradition, one can distinguish between two senses of scripture, the literal and the spiritual. The latter, the spiritual being subdivided into allegorical, moral, and analogical senses. The profound concordance, that means agreement, of the four senses guarantees all its richness to the living reading of Scripture in the church. Now, if I'm just little Stacy coming to read the Bible and I read something like that, that is enough to make me afraid to read the Bible because it's kind of like big words. But we want to mm-hmm. just break it down what it means. The literal sense is the first sense you should read the Bible. And Christ knows our limited human minds. And that's why he tells parables in the New Testament. He speaks in parables because what is that? I mean, if you're a writer or a speaker, this is a good lesson. People learn through stories. Mm-hmm. And Christ tells stories that are timeless. I mean, think about how much people have discussed the parables over time to think about how we treat each other, what we owe God. So many lessons. Um, but And so that's literal in the sense that you can take the words of what they're saying, but even the fact that it's a parable means it's allegorical too. There there is an an analogy there. He's not, in some of the parables, he's not conveying it like it actually happened. He's just telling the story to get you to think about it. Other times he's telling a story. So you can trust yourself just to read the Bible and take it at its word in the literal sense of what it's saying. Now, as soon as that's out of my mouth, the question I get most of the time is like, well, what about Genesis? What about Genesis? Are you saying that Genesis is a science textbook and that's exactly how creation was and that the world is only 6,000 years old? No, this was one of the biggest areas where we don't take Genesis exactly literally. We have to get the spiritual meaning. And so that's the other part. The spiritual is divided into allegorical, moral, and anagogical. And the catechism actually goes through what these are. And this is also in De Verbum. (laughs) Uh, The literal sense is the meaning conveyed by the words of Scripture and discovered by exegesis, which is the study of Scripture. Following the rules of of sound interpretation, all other senses of sacred Scripture are based on the literal. So words mean things. There's no trickery going on here. Um, exegesis, that's a word I didn't know until I became Catholic. It is the ones who study scripture because we don't really have that. You do have scripture scholars in the Protestant world, but it's kind of, I get the sense, a free for all. Now, somebody may correct me on that, but it's it's kind of a whatever you want it to mean. And that's that makes me nervous. I am so relieved that the Catholic Church helps us interpret scripture. So if you're ever in doubt, if you ever feel like you're going out wild on a limb, that's probably enough to get you to reel it in. <laughs> but um, but. But otherwise, you can trust yourself to read it. Okay, so the spiritual sense then, thanks to the unity of God's plan, not only speak not only of the text of Scripture, but also the realities and events about which it speaks can be signs. And the example I like to give most in Genesis is right right there in Genesis three. It's talking about Adam and Eve in this perfect Garden of Eden. They're perfectly united with God. No toil. Everything's taken care of. They're so sinless that they're walking around naked. You know, they don't even think about it the way we do today. 
And then they disobey God. They listen to the serpent. They eat the so-called fruit. And it says in Genesis 3, and then their eyes were opened. Now, no one, even though you're interpreting it literally, no one interprets it so literally in that phrase that you think Adam and Eve, when they were in perfect union where God meant they walked around with their eyes closed and that when they disobeyed God, the consequence of original sin was the movement of four eyelids up. <laughs> like we don't interpret it. We all know that means that they um, saw with their minds and their hearts. It's talking about an understanding in your mind. They Their eyes were opened. They realized their Right, brokenness. They had an aha moment. Yes, thank you. See, there. That's perfect scripture analysis. But that's what it means, and we all know that. So no one's like arguing that original sin only moved four eyelids. So that's one example where um, you can trust how you're reading the Bible. But there is an allegorical sense there. Their eyes were opened, meaning their understanding. Okay. So what is the spiritual sense? means that there there can be signs in the scripture. The allegorical sense, and this is 117 in the Catechism, if you want to look up what it says, the allegorical sense, we can acquire a more profound understanding of events by recognizing their significance in Christ. Thus, the crossing of the Red Sea is a sign or type. It's a prefiguration of Christ's victory and also of Christian baptism. There are prefigurations all through the Old Testament. If you listen to the readings on Sunday morning, the Old Testament fits with the New Testament. And one way that I I learned, because I I teach a course about, about evolution, and I have to teach the students this way of interpreting the Bible as a Catholic, you read the old in light of the new, and you read the new in light of the old. You do not cherry pick scripture. You always try to read it in the context of Christ. They call it Christocentric. You read the, and the best way to learn this in regards to evolution is Pope Benedict XVI's Four Homilies. It's a little book called In the Beginning. He explains how even when you're thinking about evolution and creation, you're reading it, understanding salvation history with Christ at the center coming in the fullness of time for our salvation. You have to understand how man is a special creature in God because we have a rational soul. Um, Anyway, it's very beautiful when you start learning about all of that and and thinking about that. That's one of the most exciting things to me in the Bible as a Catholic, the prefigurations. There's all kinds of ways, and pay attention, especially in the Sunday readings, there's all kinds of ways where the Old Testament is prophesying something that's going to happen in the New Testament. You have to realize when the Old Testament was written, they didn't have Christ yet, and yet it fits together so beautifully. That's like one of the strongest arguments for the truth of, of Christ, that this the, God knew he was coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just didn't, and all this was leading up to it. Okay, the last one is the moral sense. Um, or no, not not the last one. So the spirit there's literal and spiritual. Spiritual has three three different types. Allegorical, which is the Red Sea being a, a sign or type of Christ. The moral sense, the events reported in scripture ought to lead us to act justly. Mm-hmm. So we've been going through the Pauline letters as they're called, St. Paul's letters. Lots of moral guidance there um, about what we should do and shouldn't do following God's law. Mm-hmm. So there's a moral sense of the scripture, a lot of it in Psalms and Proverbs too. And then there's the anagogical sense 
um, means leading. We can view realities and events in terms of their eternal significance, leading us toward our true homeland. Thus, the church on earth is a sign of the heavenly Jerusalem. So that's a little more esoteric, I guess, a little harder to understand what it means. But overall, when you're reading the Bible and you're going to it, you're not just reading a book. You're reading something that in everything you read, there is this anagogical sense of how we can get ourselves to heaven and how we can lead others to heaven too. So the Bible, that's why it's so rich and so beautiful. When you start thinking about these three things, you can see literal, and then you can see scripture, the spiritual senses, the allegories, the moral teachings, and even just how overall it's guiding us anagogically to heaven. Big Catholic mm-hmm. words there for you. I love that. It's so it's neat. I, I love it, and I and I love reading the Bible every morning with you, Stacy, because I don't I don't do I don't sit down and like I don't I'm not a sitter downer. I'm a doer. I'm a I do the do, and and I don't like to just sit down and and study things very much. Um, I study when I'm doing my my schoolwork, which is why I like doing that because it does mm-hmm. make me read the scripture. But I sit with you every morning. I get up and I'm so happy just to sit and listen to you talk about scripture because it. It's making me think. So thank you for doing that. And the last part. So it's the work of the exegetes. There are scripture scholars. There are people who go to school and earn in master's degrees and PhDs in interpreting scripture. It's that there's that much to it if you want to get into it. You Stacy, you're studying at University of Dallas right now. Yeah. Because it, it it is. So on one hand, yes, anybody can read the Bible and get the meaning out of it. On another hand, there's so much you can dive into mm-hmm. the mysteries and learn more. And yeah. so that if you're called to do that, it's a beautiful thing to be able to do too. So I always say respect the exegetes, the people who've done the work to to really interpret the scripture and help the church understand the meaning of it. Respect them because these people, they're not just like, oh, hey, I like to read the Bible. I'm going to go take some classes. No, they really break down the meaning of the Greek words, the yeah. the meaning of the people who are writing, what was going on in the context of their time, what they might have meant. Um, it's it's exciting. It helps us form a firmer judgment about what the scripture means. And the catechism says, of course, all that has been said about the manner of interpreting scripture is ultimately subject to the judgment of the church. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Mm-hmm. Give us the guardrails so yeah. we don't fall That's off the cliff. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Subject to the judgment of the church, which exercises the divinely conferred commission and ministry of watching over and interpreting the word of God. They're guardians of the truth. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not sure, there's all kinds of places. Look in the catechism. Look at the USCCB mm-hmm. website. I know people like complain about bishops and all that. You can look at the USCCB mm-hmm. stuff and get this. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's a great resource. And the last thing is a um, quote from St. Augustine. It's 113 in the Catechism. It's got its own number. But I would not believe in the gospel had not the authority of the Catholic Church already moved me. Read the Bible with the church. That's the message. Read the Bible with the church. Read the Bible prayerfully. Um, Read it submitting and and, uh, And trusting that the Lord is going to speak to you through his word and do the do. Do the do. (laughs) We are coming to you from Bangor, Maine. And on this Friday, have a beautiful weekend. Yes. And we can't wait to uh, be back again on Monday. I'm Stacy Trusenkos. And I'm Stacy Parkwison. Until next time.
If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information.